Welcome to Let's Explore This, your weekly podcast featuring three Sigma bros. I'm your host, Kevin, along with my co-host, Sam. Hey, Kevin. Uh, Adam is working today, so if you want to go get a DUI, uh, head over to the liquor store and uh, he'll watch it for you. He'll he'll watch you while you get your DUI. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Don't drink and drive, people. Well, so today we wanted to, to talk about some of our favorite metal bands, uh, Megadeth and Metallica. As we've spoken about earlier in previous episodes, you know, Megadeth, Dave Ellison is in some trouble. Yeah, I was listening to some of our old episodes and I realized that our first comment about David Ellison did not age well because <laughs> immediately a week after we talked about what a good Minnesota boy he was, all this uh, scandal broke. About oh, he, he's definitely not a good Minnesota boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I was so disappointed. I'm like, we literally talked about that guy like a week ago. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, it's a bummer, dude. When you like some like guys you like look up to, like hardcore, yeah. and then they turn out to be just like creeps, and it's a big. It is a big letdown. Yeah, I mean, it's he's a very good bass player, and he was actually had a lot to do with make it a songwriting and so like those first albums you know that really made the band they want to happen without him and mm-hmm. uh and i have to say it's probably the same case for like the last one dystopia being so good probably had a lot to do with him hopefully megadeth can pull it together and move on without him he did get fired for megadeth i guess if no one knows that if people don't know that yet dave mustaine fired dave ellison after his uh, alleged affair evidence of his affair came out Dave did say in the statement that it was an already strained relationship. I feel like everybody who's ever worked with Dave Mustaine, though, has had a strained relationship with, <laughs> with him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I wonder if there was anything, like if he, when he said strained relationship, if he was talking about their previous beef or if something else was going on as well. Yeah, I'm not sure. It seems like... When I read like the comment sections of like those articles being posted, everybody's basically just saying that Dave Mustaine is just kind of an asshole. Yeah. And he just can't let stuff go. And it's just kind of like known that that's how he is. So I'm sure that there's still, because didn't Ellison like sue him? Yes. So I'm sure he was still bitter about that. And if he feels wronged, like I feel like he was just bitter about that. And that was what the strained relationship was. Uh, the lawsuit was about Dave Mustaine allegedly told Ellison that he would get the rights to Megadeth as like a the business. It, once Dave quit the band in 2002 after his like nerve damage or whatever, but that mm-hmm. case got dismissed. So I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, but anyway, I know from reading Dave's El- David Ellison's book when he spoke about that he kind of made it sound like it was water under the bridge and he just wanted to get back out on the road so he kind of forgave him or whatever and they like went out to dinner and kissed and made up or whatever dave mustaine did post a selfie saying best friends forever i know well well, hey maybe they are best friends you know they both became born green christians um they both live in arizona i'm pretty sure and uh i don't know maybe they'll see each other does dave live in arizona I thought he lived I in he Cal- I thought he lived in California. Uh, I thought he lived in Arizona. I don't. In the book, they made it sound like they got together in Arizona. So I oh. thought he lived there. Maybe he just like I don't know. It's not that far away. So <laughs> yeah. Um, true. but yeah, I don't know. I guess no more David Ellison. Bye bye. Yeah, I guess 
just have to separate the art from the artist here because <laughs> i mean megadeth is more than one one member it's mostly dave mustaine i guess you could say and yeah regardless of what happened here you can't doubt the good music they put out in the past did you see any of the stuff that he did no i, I didn't either apparently somebody on twitter posted it and uh there's like jerk off videos and stuff oh my God. so so now david ellison's gonna sue the poster for uh revenge porn and like lie and li- not libel but some character something or another defamation or whatever yeah defamation yeah i don't i don't really care to see that <laughs> i don't either <laughs> what? but anyway well anyway screw I, I'm still excited for the next Megadeth album. Apparently, it's going to be coming out soon. Uh, they're going on tour this summer with Lamb of God. Um, they're going to play at Not Fest, which I don't know. I don't know if maybe it's just because I've been gone so long or I haven't gone to a concert in so long. But all these festival shows are looking like really, really cool. Yeah, I think it's just hype. Yeah, because I've been looking at all that, and I'm I'd be kind of excited to go, but. Still, all of my concerts are getting postponed again. Oh, so, really? Yeah. I had tickets to Rammstein, and they got postponed another year. That's insane. It was September. It was supposed to be in September, so I thought we would be good, but they still postponed it one more year. Do you, do you think the there's just it's because of international travel? I have no idea. They are European, so I don't know if they're just extra cautious. Yeah, that sucks. Were there any other shows? No, I already I voided that ticket I had because for that Megadeth Lamb of God concert that we were supposed to go to. Uh huh. I think I bought the ticket and then they postponed it and I just got a refund right away. Now it's like they have it scheduled for a Tuesday and I really don't feel like driving up to the show just to, on a Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I don't know. It'd be fun. It would still be fun, but I have seen Megadeth like three times. Because they rescheduled it twice. And so the second reschedule, when I found it was on a Tuesday, I'm like, screw this. And I asked for a refund. And I got an email saying it was going to take 30 days to get a refund. So, like, it's kind of in limbo. And I'm kind of pissed about it. (laughs) They got to find that cash. They got to find that cash. Yeah, it it was three tickets. So it was like 250 bucks, I think, that I need to get back. But I don't know, whatever. I'm also... um, but yeah, I, I had a couple of shows. I think no, actually I only had one show that got canceled. It was uh, Court Orange. I was supposed to go to Detroit two Aprils ago, April 2020, and see Code Orange with my brother and kind of hang out in Detroit. And uh, that got canceled. They just canceled it. No, no, didn't even like offer a refund or anything. They just canceled. Take and your like, cash. Yeah, like what? That one was only twenty bucks. So I, I didn't really All give right. a shit. If they're a smaller band, I really, I guess, I wouldn't care if they just took the yeah. cash and run because they need it i i wonder how much is going to the band versus the uh people who the uh, like the organizers yeah and the venue i bet the band only gets like a small portion of yeah they can't get much they make all the money on merch especially i would say especially the smaller the band i, I bet those venues just fuck them hard like i'm sure in order if to even listen- be able to play there if you listen to uh, like old Mastodon interviews and stuff, they talk when they were starting out, they talked about how they would pay to play because the money they would get from these events weren't covering their gas and basically their operating costs. God, that would, <laughs> that would be so hard. I know that would suck. And then you Glad get like, broke people, out. and then you get people like Garth Brooks who can just like rent out a stadium and he gets all the ticket, ticket money. It's Garth. I know though. that's, 
I know that's off. <laughs> that's off genre, but Garth Brooks actually is pretty cool. He he'll uh, he'll rent out the stadium so that he can set the ticket prices, and he keeps them affordable for uh, his fans. That's and, cool. Yeah, I think that is cool because like Metallica, the last Metallica show I went to, how much was it at the U.S. Bank Stadium? I think it was it was like. 150 150 ba- yeah, 150 ba- right. base for uh general admission tickets yeah that's without like the ticket master fee and stuff like that it was like 100 150 bucks and then um I, I don't know i went to see him in buffalo and i think i paid like i think it was 150 bucks still but yeah ticket prices are going ape shit yeah and they sell fast too because you have all those bots buying up all the tickets oh, no. yeah dude and the stupid pre i hate pre-sales that are free yeah. Like I got f- the first and only time I saw Slayer was on their farewell tour down in Pittsburgh. I was getting ready. They're like tickets released 10 a.m. on Friday. I was getting ready to buy Thursday night. I was like kind of checking the show out a little bit. I find out that through Blabbermouth they did a pre-sale that was free through Live Nation. So you just had to enter like code Slayer. <laughs> and so I I went in there to buy tickets, and all the good ones have been taken. So I had cheap seats. Yeah, that's lame. That's I so know. lame. I was so pissed. I'm like, this is the only time in my life I'm ever going to see this band, and I'm in the fucking seats. I got pre-sale tickets one time for Ghost, and it was through Spotify. Spotify just hmm. sent me sent me a pre-code or, what, or a pre-sale code, and I was able to get like a day or two early, I think. That was nice, I guess, but I don't know if they like just like send it to people who have, like, if you're like high on their like the listen count, and then they'll send it like, just send you a code or something i'm i'm not even sure but probably by ge- geography but i got that one time i got really mad because when radiohead came and when radiohead comes they, it seems like they only play like five or six cities when they come through sure and i was like i had to see them so i bought tickets for chicago but the only reason i was able to get it was off StubHub because when i tried to actually Ugh. buy their tickets like they sold out like instantly just like that like that's bullshit dude and then i ended up spending illegal yeah and then they marked it up like over a hundred percent but i i still went because i had to i have to go Mm -hmm. you know if you're on your bucket list you gotta go see them yeah exactly those fucking stupid services know that i know when i when i saw metallica in buffalo i got the tickets i think got a pre-sale because i was like the fifth member or whatever the fan club shit Mm -hmm. and um i bought it like right away right when it came out and i ended up getting seats instead of on the floor because they sold so fast and i think maybe something this is just my assumption there's nothing to prove this but you know on the last tour they did that like uh those fancy tickets where you could spend like 600 bucks and you could get a ga ticket for any single show on the world wire oh yeah tour. yep yep i think they did a lot of that shit and it might have like reserved floor space for those types of people and and then it pushed people into the seats who were just going to go to one show I, I could see that. And I don't know. I should have bought that ticket because I could have seen Metallica in Toronto, Buffalo, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Hershey, Pennsylvania. That would have been a thousand, well, not almost a thousand dollars worth of tickets for, you know, the 600 bucks where they're charging for it. I, I have a feeling I would have gotten a little sick of seeing Metallica, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might get burnt out. We actually, when I saw them, when they kicked that tour off in Madison, I think it was the second leg of the world wired tour or mm-hmm. whatever i kicked it off in madison i missed like the opportunity to get 
good tickets because they sold out instantly because Metallica yeah. tickets tend to sell out instantly too. Yeah. And then I just was like randomly on like Facebook and they posted a little blurb saying, Madison, we've released a little batch of tickets. So I went in there real quick and I found seat tickets that were just on the edge of general admission. Nice. And so I, I bought bought those tickets for there. And I think they're around the same price as general admission tickets, but I was like, I don't care. But honestly, I had a really good time right there because you were just above the crowd and like level with the stage. Yeah. And you weren't even that far away. I would say like, I mean, they, they, you were close enough to see like the band play. So I had a really good time just right there with those tickets. Yeah. I, I am starting to feel the need to get a little further away from the stage whenever I go to shows. Like when I saw, when we went to Metallica in uh, the U.S. Bank Stadium, you know, the fucking Volbeat and I don't, I, I don't mind Volbeat, but I don't know. They're kind of douchey, but what's it called? Avenge Sevenfold? Dude, yeah. when, the crowd was insane during Avenge Sevenfold and of course they're all fucking pricks. So only pricks listen to Avenge Sevenfold. Like, there's <laughs> some guy in the crowd who had just like super sweaty pits and he was probably a little taller than me and he just sat there like th- like with his arms up the whole time just like getting his fucking pit sweat on everybody to get him away from him <laughs> and like people were just you know doing the shoving and blah 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 and but like fights were starting to break out like it got a lot it, i i'd never seen i don't know bad behavior <laughs> that's like weird I, like I, actual I, fights yeah, like I've been to a lot of metal shows and never seen that. Yeah, I've never really seen that. Anyway, so after Avenge Sevenfold, I was just fucking toast. Like I was just getting slaughtered by all these Avenge Sevenfold pricks. So my brother and I just we actually just took a step back and we went into like where you could breathe and we just enjoyed the show so much more. Yeah. I would only at this point I would only get general admission tickets for like I I know I need to like see up close and see like the actual show because like with the rammstein tickets there's general admission and then there's foyer zone tickets where you're next to the stage so i got those because like he sprays like fire over the crowd yeah got it got it got to do that exactly it's real i've been i was front row when i saw rammstein and it's it's sick oh my god yeah (laughs) i'm excited i I am excited even though like i have to wait another year now but i mean that'll be fun (laughs) rammstein's wild man yeah they are when I was at a fest in California one time, it was who headlined it? It was like Amana Marth, Mastodon, and then Five Finger Death Punch. And then mm. R- Rob Zombie was like the headliner. But I wore myself out during Amana Marth because I had bought like one of their banners. And then after every song, I would just like run around and just go <laughs> wild. And then I'd get back in the pit because Amana Marth is sweet. Like, yes. just, and I would just, and then I was just tired. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't do anything more. And so like we had to watch the rest of the show from like a distance, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was still like, oh my God. Like, why did I do that? Yeah. I would say hey, did you ever go to station four? No. So station four was is in St. Paul or was in St. Paul. It was this dump dive bar that had a stage area that would just that would get like the coolest metal bands to come play at. Like international stuff too, like people from Germany and I saw like the Finnish death metal tour there and they would get really good bands and usually it'd be 25 bucks and you could see six, six bands. Like it was nice. I saw Amana Marth there. I've seen Amana Marth twice. I saw them there the first time and they did a double show where they played. I said an album called Twilight of the Thunder God. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they played that whole album and then they played just a set of all their like just a mix of their songs. So they played for like three hours. Sweet. I know. It was awesome. And that was probably the best crowd I've ever been in when it comes to a metal show. Because everyone there was a true metalhead and they knew not to be dicks. Because a lot of people get out in the mosh pit and they start like throwing elbows around and shit. Or those stupid idiots who do like the power dancing crap. Um, oh, and, yeah. And they yeah. just ruin the day for everybody. But you could like leave the pit when you needed to leave the pit. You could come in at any time. Like you, no one would like really hurt you or push you over or anything. You know, it was just a solid mosh pit. Yeah. It was a professional mosh pit. What? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a yeah. good time. It's not supposed to be like people aren't supposed to get hurt. Like, no, it's not. It's supposed to just like let off some steam. Like, that's, mm-hmm. why, you're, that's why you're here. Yeah. Yeah. Once the once the most bru- or I guess aside from that Metallica thing at the US Bank Stadium, when I was in Fargo, I went to a Danzig show and they had like six bands play that night. It was crazy. It was like a Tuesday night. They had all these like heavy bands. The only one I really remember is obviously Danzig. And then Toxic Holocaust, which Toxic Holocaust is pretty good. Um, if you can go uh, go look them up, it's a, it's one guy from Portland who writes all this music. Portland, Oregon, writes all this music, and then he, he tours with a band. Really good stuff, and it, it's thrash metal. It's like newer thrash metal. And anyway, uh, he was the first to play. And then there was this black metal band where the lead singer was in a wheelchair. So I get I bet you could Google that and figure out who that was. They were really cool. And like the guy was rolling around on his wheelchair, just belting out lyrics. And I looked it up and the guy um, got shot in the back. And that's how he got became disabled. Like someone was robbing his band and they shot him in the back and, you know, paralyzed him from the waist down. And then they were going to shoot him in the head. And when uh, the guy shot, the gun jammed. And so he just ran away. Holy shit! I know, <laughs> and he's uh, and he's still out like yeah playing music. So that's metal. That's that metal. is he, he yeah he was pretty metal. But anyway, to get to the crowd, I actually got choked there, what? which was really weird. Yeah, it was literally the crowd was so small. It was just like there were some people out in the middle of the floor, and there's maybe two rows deep next to the barricade. Like it was not many people there. And I was up on the barricade because it was so easy to get to. And some guy came behind me and put his arm around my neck and That's started choking weird. me. So I like bailed. That is bailed. so weird. That's <laughs> so weird. It was weird. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And I, I went back and I like shoved him to the ground and got my spot back and everything. But so I don't know. Maybe he was doing it as an accident because it's not like he like he let me go when I backed away. But I, I don't know what the guy was trying to do. He's that's, probably just fucked up. Yeah, he's that's weird. He's probably just really drunk and just like like threw his arm around you. He's trying probably trying to like do like a bear hug thing. Yeah, he just ended up choking you. <laughs> I don't know. It's still really weird. Personal. It space. was just some level of personal space here, please. I, I know, I know, and uh, it, it it was weird. And I don't who who knows what was going on with the guy. I I'd say that the best. Uh, one of the best interactions I've ever had. My first concert was Judas Priest at the Myth in Maplewood, or what? I think it's Maplewood. Um, and, I've been there. Yeah, and and have you have you ever seen them spray that like dry ice from the ceiling to cool everyone off, or nitrogen or something? Yeah. Yep. 
I'm like 16 years old, first concert ever. And this guy, you know, it's Judas Priest, so it's a bunch of dads. And this old guy, probably 60s, just looks at me and goes, is that liquid LSD? Because I think you're the devil. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> just poor innocent little Kevin. There to see Judas Priest. That's awesome. That's great. It was funny. And another time I went to go see um, Al, uh, Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper. And there was this bald guy who was really drunk. And he, I was with Kyler. And he like asked us for weed and stuff we didn't have any and like i was just we were just broing out with him and he takes he has a digital camera and he takes a selfie with us just a complete stranger <laughs> takes a selfie with us and then walks away and i wonder oh, yeah. if he still has that picture <laughs> I, when uh chris and i saw megadeth was that the concert we went with you me and you saw megadeth with my dad I that's think you right and chris saw him a different time your dad brought us there yeah yeah, and we snuck those those bottles of what was like Fireball or something Fireball in our shoes. In our shoes, yeah, <laughs> it was sweet. It was awesome. But I remember when Chris and I saw him, like I would take mega selfies yeah. with the crowd, and people would, people would get in on it. Like, yeah, yeah I love it. And if anybody it, doesn't know what a mega selfie is, it's you put yourself center at the bottom of the frame, <laughs> and then get as much of the background in as possible. <laughs> Lean your head way back. That was like a Dave Mustaine post, right? Yeah, Dave (laughs) would post like at the end of his concerts, he would like take a a mega selfie and (laughs) post it on his Instagram or like Facebook. And then I just started doing it. Yeah. Because when when we drove back home, when I drove uh, home from California, when I moved back home from California, Chris flew out and met me in Vegas. And then every stop, we would take a mega selfie Mm -hmm. where we were. It was sweet. It was awesome. Especially yeah, you Utah. Gotta, <laughs> you gotta take mega selfies. <laughs> Do you remember I saw Megadeth twice at the Myth, um, that one time with you, and then I saw Do you remember what their their um they used to have like this tour they'd do where they would get all these was it like t- Titans of Metal or um Gigantour? Gigantour. Yeah, they used to do Gigantour. And so I saw Gigantour in like twenty twelve or twenty thirteen. And I crowd surfed and, you know, got off on the barricade. And I just looked at David Ellefson before I knew he was a creep. And I just started, I just gave him the horns. I'm like, hell yeah. And he looked at me and chuckled. (laughs) Proud moment. Not anymore. Not anymore. He tainted that for me. Um, But when we went, I think we get like separated in the crowd for a little bit. Yes. You I got pushed forward and I got pushed back. Yeah. And I was drunk because we were <laughs> doing those shots. And I remember we were buying a bunch of that uh, 93X beer from yeah, uh, yep. the, the bar. Metalhead uh, Ball or something like that. I forget what it was called. Yeah. And um, I get pissed when people record the show on their phones. I hate it when people do that. A couple pictures is fine, but your recording is going to be dog shit. The audio isn't going to be like you can't hear that at all and it's just a stupid like who are you showing that video to nobody has ever come up to me and gone hey kevin look at this video i took on my phone from that concert i was at this past weekend like it's stupid (laughs) and anyway i was pissed and so i started like just swatting i was like probably two or three rows back 
uh, general admission. So two or three people back from the barricade. And I started just swatting this guy's phone. And I'm like, put your fucking phone away. I don't want to watch this concert through your fucking phone. And he didn't kick my ass for some reason. <laughs> he, he just put it down. I'm like, thanks, man. <laughs> Not Classic. the proudest moment I've ever had, but it justice was served. <laughs> everybody got everybody got what they wanted. He got a few seconds on the on the video, and then you got to watch the rest of the concert. Exactly. I just remember being so starstruck by Dave Mustaine at that show for some reason. Like as soon as he came out on stage, I just started going like, "It's Dave Mustaine! It's <laughs> Dave Mustaine!" And like everyone around me just laughing their ass off. <laughs> I do. Um, the only thing I can think of is, do you remember that time that we were watching Metallica in your basement and we were like drinking beers or whatever? I got pretty drunk, and then I started taking pictures of <laughs> of the TV screen of them. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it's like I'm actually there. It's like I'm actually there. Yeah, dude. That was like the first time we watched Metallica on Blu-ray. Yeah. Oh, that's what? right, because that's what it was. It was... Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? the fan cam, or fan can, like their show in Copenhagen? Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Member exclusive. That was funny. I think somebody sent a picture of, of uh, when I took a picture of Dave, or not Dave, uh, James Hetfield, and I like, sent it to people. And then I think oh. who, somebody fairly recently sent it back to me saying, this is when <laughs> Sam took pictures of James Hetfield thinking he was at the concert. <laughs> good I think that might have been me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Dude, I, I, I loved watching those things. Like, the big four concert dvd which i am very disappointed do you remember during the live broadcast or i don't know if that was live i know it was like either the same day or live yeah in um, the theater yeah in the th- when we watched it in the theater the singer for anthrax took like a can of red bull and pretended it was a bong and he was like hitting off of it while people were playing guitars and stuff i don't do remember, remember that scene no i don't he did it and if you watch the the, sh- the show on dvd or blu-ray it's not in there they cut it out interesting i know like that was funny why would they cut that out i don't i guess i don't remember that he might have been wearing an indian headdress as he was doing it oh so maybe oh, that has something to do with oh, it oh yeah it was, yeah yeah I remember. <laughs> but yeah he like put the indian headdress on he's running back and forth across the stage and then right like i think someone i don't know how he got the can of red bull <laughs> he pretended it was a bomb I, I guess I don't remember that, but that's funny. Like, yeah, because the media scrubbed it from our lives. I found I have that DVD again. I found it. Nice. Yeah. So I'm gonna one of these weekends I'm gonna put in the big four and just skip Anthrax. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I remember I was so hard about not skipping Anthrax. Like I would hang. I, it was like the summer. Or it was it was freshman year of of college, and me and Chris were hanging out quite a bit. And every weekend when we were getting drunk, we'd watch that show and I'd make him sit through anthrax and then I'd be like, fuck this and take it out and I'd put cunning stunts in. (laughs) (laughs) And I'd barely remember it at all. (laughs) I I think it's around the same time because I would watch that. I'd get when this is when I was in the service, we'd be in the barracks, get trashed, and I'd make my friends watch the 
um big four concert and then i said like i texted you one time saying like <laughs> oh we're watching the big four and you texted back like don't skip anthrax and i called you right away and said we already did <laughs> we would always skip anthrax just oh always. yeah i don't really blame anybody because like it it's a f- eight hour video isn't it it's really long i think eight or six or eight it's i think it's six because anthrax plays for like 45 minutes and then i think megadeth and slayer play for like an hour a piece maybe a little longer mm-hmm. and metallica plays for like two and a half hours yeah <laughs> so it get yeah it takes a while to get through it all yeah i i think the megadeth when it started like raining and stuff was really cool i, I that whole that whole thing is really cool but now that i have a vcr oh sh- I am going to, my brother bought me Live Shit Binge and Purge, which is uh, nice. Yeah, video of their uh, Injustice for All tour. Yeah, nice. I have that dude. on VHS. Nice. And I've only watched it once. So I'm going to bring it back the next time I'm home, which will be a couple of weeks. That, and that, I'm going to watch it. That's like peak Metallica right there. That tour was probably like peak Metallica. We weren't even live then. I know. But. I know. I was reading Metallica's Wikipedia page, getting getting like geared up or whatever. Because I mean, I already know all this stuff. I just had to refresh myself. That's why I was reading Wikipedia. Um, and I was just like, God, they were so much fucking cooler in the eighties because they were drinking, <laughs> <laughs> drinking and doing drugs. Um, but I don't know, just like the grind that they were doing. Like, like they started off uh, in L.A. And got on that um, Metal Massacre. There used to be like a mixtape that would come out called Metal Massacre. So on Metal Massacre Volume 1, Metallica got um, got a song on there from Kill 'Em All. And and that's kind of where it all started, you know? But that would have been so much more fun to get into music that way. Because people would take those tapes and mail them to each other. I, I think about like when I hear stories about when they talk about when they started in the early 80s. About like how cool that scene was. Yeah. And like people would like go to like, you know, garage shows and like they would swap tapes with each other. Like, dude, you got to check out these guys. And like, it was just really cool. Like, there's no internet. Mm-hmm. So it's just people like just doing their thing. That, that would be a cool time. And then when I hear uh, interviews about um, like before Rammstein started, they were all from East Germany. Yeah. They said like before, like there was like a point, like just before like the wall fell and stuff, like there was like literally like, garage bands playing everywhere and it was just like like basically like punk punk rock and like yeah heavy shit like that would be so like that'd be such a cool time that time of like with listening to music and especially like metal music would be sweet to have been alive then i know yeah they uh yeah i i don't like the the coolest show that i've ever walked in on um was when i was in new haven for a job interview i spent the, the night there and it was a Friday, so I like you know nightlife was going on, and uh, I just walked into this this bar, this random ass bar, and just these crazy ass metal bands started playing. It was kind of like uh, one of them was kind of like um, Agalock. It was like instrumental. And have you ever listened to Agalock? Okay. <laughs> um, well, anyway, like it, they were just playing metal, you know. It was sweet, and and then in in Erie there was this place called basement transmissions which i think is kind of a chain it's a sober like straight edge 
uh, art scene. So like you can go there for art shows and concerts and there's no alcohol or drugs or whatever. And this place kind of followed those rules very loosely because I saw Ensephirum there one night and they were selling beer. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, Ensephirum uh, was there and then all their opening acts because Ensephirum not that big themselves. They're like a, they're a Finnish folk metal band. Um, they're decent sized, you know, obviously they're huge over there, but over here it's hit or miss there's all these bands from uh there was a band from erie there that was pretty good but then these bands from pittsburgh and buffalo came over and like they were all really good so i don't know maybe the scene's still there but it's just not it's not the same that's too bad Mm -hmm. yeah that'd be sweet to sit there and exchange cassette tapes with people yeah now you just get links to songs you never listen to (laughs) (laughs) all the time uh i just feel like yeah it'd be like more of like an intimate experience like yeah you you bro out even harder yeah it's a huge community too i mean a lot of metalheads you know are pretty probably pretty uh lonely people or like isolated people in general just like loners like yeah basically like i I don't even maybe they are lonely but i just feel like they're 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 very sigma (laughs) but you know like i've been to a lot of metal shows and we're a different breed <laughs> yeah i know especially like and, and some more so than others yeah you got like some of those older dudes you can definitely tell like they've you know been off the beaten path for a while you know yeah and and it's they're, they're people i don't know i'd say they're similar to people who like are really into like anime or like magic cards you know those nerds essentially and so you know that's just a way for those types of people to like get together and now it's gone it's kind of disappointing yeah and there's really nothing nothing new that's really like that i find very good i guess like that Mm -hmm. i get really excited about any modern metal band besides like maybe mastodon like i just don't i don't really get into it that's why like i don't really listen to like liquid metal that much because i just don't like a lot of what they're playing Mm -hmm. i agree yeah metal american heavy metal from like the year 2000 and onward is just dog shit um (laughs) Like the '90s, you had Pantera, which is sick. Um, and honestly, that was like the grunge era. The grunge era is where metal started to decline. And uh, but you had Pantera in the '90s, and then uh, in the but since 2000, like you know, you have Mastodon. I'm really hard pressed to find another band that I like. <laughs> That's from America. Yeah, from America. Yeah, I guess. I guess a modern no modern Barth started in the '90s. Um, but those are all Scandinavian bands. Yeah, I know they're from Sweden. Like that's that's where the metal's gone. It's gone to Norway, Sweden, Finland, Germany. Um, that's, that's where so- the good metal is, and that's why that's- those people tour there all the time. Right. I mean, that settles it. Now, now we got to move to Scandinavia. <laughs> all right. What do you think about industrial metal? I guess or 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 gent metal? Because you did have uh, what's that band called? That gent band, Meshuga? Aren't they American? <laughs> Be one for Google. Yeah. Oh, they're Swedish too. <laughs> what about like there was like Fear Factory and uh Fear Factory's American. Oh, they started in nineteen eighty nine though. Yeah. <laughs> so see, like all these people are like I guess industrial was a little bit they I don't they consider nine inch nails industrial metal. Really? Yes. And I do like nine inch nails, so Yeah, nine inch nails are very popular. Um I think I I haven't really dug in to nine inch nails too much but i think they're pretty I, good i really like trent Reznor. i think he's a an amazing musician 
Yeah. Beyond, beyond what he's done with like Nine Inch Nails, he is a yeah. very, very good musician. Yeah, but I, I'd say the bands that really, sh- well, like he had like Lamb of God and I guess System of a Down, would they be considered heavy metal or just rock? Yeah, I think they're considered considered metal. So, I mean, I don't know. There's just very few bands that I find like super good, you know, to the level of Metallica. I'd say the only band or musician that I've, I could equate to, you know, my fandom of to, to that of Metallica is probably Devin Townsend. I mean, he's Canadian, so call it what you will, but North American and heavy metal, I guess. Uh, but Devin Townsend, I think, is really good. And, um, and you know, that was, he got big in like the 2000s. Um, dude, dude, Metallica hasn't even been good since 1988. <laughs> they haven't even been good since, oh, wait, I'll, I'll go even to 1990. They haven't even been good since 1990. Not one good album since then. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say my, my favorite Metallica album is Ride the Lightning. I like everything Metallica has done, but my favorite albums ride the lightning and I can, I don't think there's any argument that the first four albums are way, way better and more important than anything since they're the gold standard. Yeah. Like, yeah. The first four albums are the best, but I, I, yeah, I, I agree. Like I like everything Metallica has done some more than others. I even like St. Anger. Mm -hmm. I'll say it. I'll say it proud. Actually, Saint Anger to me, I like what it. I like what it is. You know, it's it's definitely an album that's like their midlife crisis, for sure. And I've enjoyed a few of those songs on that album. That like, when I'm going through an emotional state, they're very helpful. Like you know, like I like Saint Anger itself. I like the song Frantic. That was my ringtone for so many years. Frantic. I think I had that too at one point. On my motor riser the unnamed feeling also is a great song off that album yeah and if if not for like people like enjoying like the musical side it's like the the lyrics are raw on that album and i really enjoyed that part of it so i can say that i like that album yeah my favorite song off this album is probably the unnamed feeling i thought that was a really good song but i thought overall it was a pretty decent record I feel um, like but, if any other band did it besides Metallica, people would have thought it was great. I do too. Th- that's kind of how I feel about their discography post Injustice for All. And then, uh, well, I mean, Death Magnetic was great. I do. Yeah, I think I think Death Magnetic was good. Yeah, I think Death Magnetic. Like, I thought Death Magnetic was better than Hardwired. I do too. What, where do you, okay? I was going to ask you where do you stand on that because I have talked to people that are that claim that hardwired was a better album death magnetic no not even close like no i liked hardwired but i didn't like it as much as i like death magnetic yeah i think death magnetic has a little bit of nostalgia nostalgic value for me just because it was like the first like i'd always known about metallica like my entire life but when i got that album in 2008 that's when i got super heavy into metallica um so there could be some of that going on but i also think you know, whoever is producing your album has a lot to do with it as well. And Rick Rubin produced Death Magnetic, and De- and Rick Rubin is an amazing producer. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many bands that, like, their best work happened when they worked with Rick Rubin. Um, I think Rick Rubin helped the Beastie Boys right at the beginning. I think he produced for the Beastie Boys. I'm pretty sure he produced for System of a Down. Uh, he produced um, Life of Pablo, which I think is the best Kanye West album. And he produced Death Magnetic, which 
was like the resurrection of Metallica. And then the death I, of Metallica after that was uh, Lulu. <laughs> yeah, no one likes that. It's so funny because uh, Metallica themselves, like, or their social media manager, whoever, will post like on the anniversary of Lulu's release. They'll say, on this date, everyone's favorite album <laughs> was released. And like, just poke fun that everybody hates Lulu. Yeah. I feel like if you stripped away Lou Reed singing on that album, that'd be a sweet album because there were some sweet riffs on there. Yeah. It was like super heavy. It was a sweet album. Yeah, sweet. I thought it was. I, I think it was sweet. It was artsy. It, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the problem is that that was the thing. It was like an artistic reach for the band. Yeah. And, and a lot of Lou Reed's like early work and stuff was about making people feel uncomfortable. Like I went to the Andy Warhol Museum in Pittsburgh and Andy Warhol worked with the Velvet Underground. I think he made that iconic like banana album cover. Okay. Um and he made like videos and stuff with uh, that was supposed to be like sensory overload videos with uh, the Velvet Underground. So you like went into this room and on all the walls there was just this black and white video playing of this dude getting in a fight at a bar. And so like it's just weird shit. And that, that was yeah. the whole point of teaming up with that with Lou Reed is because they wanted to do something fucking weird. And guess what? They did it. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. And actually, like, if you I actually read the plays that it was those that album was based off is two plays like Earth Spirit. And then I think the second one is actually just called Lulu. I don't remember exactly. But I read both of those plays and I came like they made me feel uncomfortable Like, because it's basically about like a prostitute named Lulu that like everybody is just infatuated with and like lustful for and like story arc of like, um, how she like, gets like involved with all these people and eventually like goes to prison. Forgive me. It's been years since I read them, but like goes to prison and then like some countess is in so in love with her swaps places in a prison. Then she gets out and then it goes to the second play and then by the end of the second play, she gets killed by Jack the Ripper. Mm. So that kind of explains, oh, Jack, Jack, I beseech you. <laughs> like, from, <laughs> like, from, you know, uh, the Lulu albums. But, like, if you look at it, like, in the artistic way, and, like, if you, like, listen to, like, the lyrics and stuff, it's, like, deeper than, it's kind of, it, it's, like, messed up, but, like, in a really artsy way. Like, yeah, makes you think. And I guess people don't, I guess people don't associate associate that kind of art i guess with like metal music so that's why it was uh you know people hated it i guess but like yeah adding that extra like some of those the music in that in that album is makes you very uncomfortable at times especially with like lou reed like talking over it and that's like Mm -hmm. almost a similar vibe i got from even reading the plays so yeah i think it did really well overall that way and that's all i'll say about lulu i have to defend it every time it comes up yeah well, weren't those plays like French or something? They're German. German. Well, that's another thing too. It's like they were making an album based off art that was produced by a different country. You know, there are difference, a lot of differences in American art and media than over in like Europe or you know anywhere you go. Well, very true. So it's it's just gonna hit different and. And I think just the first four albums are kind of a blessing and a curse for Metallica, where obviously they wouldn't be where they are today without them. But it also, that's what they're judged against every single time they come out with an album. Yeah. And then there's people that just can't be happy with anything. For sure. For sure. They just want Metallica to just copy paste 
you know, Injustice for All or Master of Puppets. That's all they want him to do. I mean, and, uh, full, like full disclosure, as much as I love Slayer, a lot of their albums were just basically copy and paste. And I know. I just kind of like it, it kind of wears out if you don't like experiment and try something different like you just get kind of worn out unless like that's all you want to listen to then i guess my music tastes are kind of all over the place so i can mm-hmm. stand it when a, a band tries something different but other people nope well yeah metallica is probably the most progressive thrash metal band out of the big four and mm-hmm. and they just can do more complicated stuff than mm-hmm. than the rest of them i would say the best rhythm guitar james Hetfield is probably the best rhythm guitarist out of anyone in the in the big four and i think kirk ham is the best guitarist out of anyone in the big four maybe dave mustaine is a little bit better than him or equal to but i they just have the best i i think the best cliff burton when he was alive was the best bass player out of all of them um now i think the best bass player is uh um well, it was in Megadeth. <laughs> and I think the best drummer is in Anthrax. I think, uh, whatever, it's Charlie Beninante or whatever the fuck his name is. That guy's a really good drummer. Dave Lombardo, when he was part of Slayer, was a really good drummer. Yeah, he is really good. Metallica's just better. Sorry. Yeah, no, they are. They're, they're... <laughs> Sorry, everybody out there. Metallica's just better. <laughs> so, okay, what's, then what is your favorite Metallica album? I said it's Ride the Lightning. Oh, that's right. My favorite song on there is escape really yeah and gojira covered escape and it plays on liquid metal sometimes was it a good cover yeah and and i love gojira too gojira is one of my favorite metal bands now too they're coming around in uh, september it's a tuesday night show again <laughs> oh, perfect tuesday night <laughs> best night for a concert i'm really thinking about going it's a, it's the deaf tone they're 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 supporting the deaf tones that would be kind of a sweet concert to go to. Yeah, I can't remember who the third band is, but it's Gojira and the Death and Death Death Tones, not Death Tones, Death Tones. A little Death tonight, are you? Mm-hmm. What's Dead? your favorite Metallica album? Lulu. Uh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, it's obviously saying anger. No. Um, <laughs> and Justice for All is probably my favorite. Okay. Uh, favorite album. I just. I, it's like that leap because they got like political, even though they said they didn't. Yeah. And I listened listen to that. Oh, you could do it your own way as long as it's done just how I say. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, oh, fuck yeah, I get it now. <laughs> yeah, it's good shit. No, I like, uh, yeah, Injustice for All is probably my favorite Metallica album. What's your favorite Megadeth album? Go. Oof. I don't know. I'm not as. That's tricky. I'm not as well read on Megadeth. Well, well, Euthanasia, probably. I'd have to say Euthanasia. Yeah, mine is a risk. No, just kidding again. Uh, it's <laughs> the system has failed. I like I love that album, and that actually is one that David Elfson wasn't even a part of. You had the, the premonition. You knew. I knew. I knew. <laughs> you knew he was like, a sex pervert. That uh, that album's sweet. Yeah, I like that album. That has uh the scorpion and kick the chair on it, right? Yes. Yeah, those are two really good songs. Kick the Chair is such a sweet song. It is. Actually, fu- funny story. When I was uh, I was listening to Ozzy's Boneyard on my way home from work, and literally Countdown to Extinction came on. Nice. Got me ready. Got me ready for the podcast tonight. <laughs> yeah, dude. The Liquid Me- or, uh, Sirius XM is doing a free weekend, and Liquid Metal is not covered in, that, in those channels. But Ozzy's Boneyard is and Hair Nation is. I'm so pissed. 
just listen to Ozzy's Boneyard anyways. I did. I, I listened to the Wasted Years by Iron Maiden, um, a Judas Priest song, and, and I think I was home by then. I don't remember what the last one was. Yeah, they play a lot of like old, like popular old school metal bands. Yeah, and that's that's perfect. Like that, I like that a lot. Oh yeah, when I used to work out at West Hills, I would, uh, which actually they don't have a gym there anymore, which is kind of sad, but. They had Sirius XM, and I would go and make them change it to Ozzy's Boneyard every time I worked out. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> everybody left. Yeah. And it was just you, and that's perfect. Exactly. It makes it the perfect gym. But yeah, what do you think about uh, Metallica uh, next record? Think it's going to happen anytime soon? Didn't they say something about how they were working on stuff during quarantine? Yeah. And then, but they they always say they're working on stuff for like five years. Exactly. Like I, uh, it already been like five years since they released Hardwired. This this fall will be the fifth year. Yeah, it came out in sixteen, and uh, they uh, so like in twenty nineteen, both Rob and Kirk, Kirk actually didn't do any writing for uh, Hardwired, so I guess Kirk is ready to ready to bust uh, with so many guitar licks. but uh, both Rob and Kirk said they're going to work on getting this one out quicker than the previous two. I read something in Kerrang. It didn't have a date as to when it was published, but it was after. It was like 2020. They said that uh, the well, going into the pandemic, actually, Kirk reiterated that they were getting creative while in quarantine and we're going to be working on this album. But then Lars came out in Kerrang and said that the writing process is or the new album process is moving at a glacial pace yeah but lars is also lars so what can we really take away from what he has to say lars i feel like lars is the what do they call him the heel is that is that uh wwe terms there's like the jobber and the heel or something like that the bad guy all right that's lars lars is the (laughs) heel he comes out and he just fucking shits on everyone's day I was going to joke about how we should have like a Megadeth or a Metallica song the intro this podcast, but then I was going to say also, I'm also afraid of Lars and Dave. (laughs) So I don't think that's a good idea. (laughs) See, I I feel like Dave would let it slide, not Lars. Yeah. (laughs) I'm hopeful for the next album to be kind of more like Death Magnetic, I guess, more like a return. But I also understand that these guys are getting old. And yeah, can't necessarily play like they used to. James no. did go back to James did go back to rehab again, so uh, maybe his head's clear and he's able to maybe look him out with another Saint Anger. Yeah, like are you talking about the rehab that canceled the Australian tour or? Yeah, the la- oh, I mean he it was like he last year. Last no, this last year I think okay. he went to rehab again. Yeah, all, all I've really seen of Metallica's like activity right now is. Like they played on Stephen Colbert a couple times. Yeah. And, or I think they played on Stephen and they played on Jimmy. And then they also played on Howard. Yeah. Which is, I don't know. Just make your music, guys. <laughs> but we should respect the process, I guess. Yeah. They're living off them royalties. I know. Oh, they're, they're fine. That's the thing. They Now everything's produced. They have their own label or whatever, the blackened label that yeah. they came out that movie on and all that stuff. So they're just getting, they're just getting crazy. I think that 
they they have said multiple times that they're just like they're mostly focused on like family and, yeah you know which is respectable like good on i mean good on james again for going to rehab and you know getting it together like i wish i mean i should get it together too but he's but good i mean good on him for like making it like putting themselves like priority over like not necessarily listening to us whiny fans all the time yeah that's kind of how metallica's been their entire career because i mean obviously they've been hearing all the criticisms of everything they've done post uh injustice for all and even injustice for all got shit on because of the drum tone which i think is actually cool and apparently like the guitar like it's not as bassy they yeah they turn down the bass a lot yeah and justice for jason yeah i i uh downloaded a it's when i had like that app that would give me ringtones and it would download like whole songs and yeah. it must have ripped it from somebody and like they just called it injustice for jason <laughs> and, and they must have turned up the bass or something for it probably do you think jason newstead is gonna join megadeth dude that would be a dream <laughs> honestly i think it it wouldn't be a bad uh i i think that it would be a good fit because both jason and david elson had the same they play with a pick. They have the same I play did, style. I did also see something not too long ago that Jason Newstead said that he wouldn't even be able to play with Metallica anymore. Like he wouldn't be able to keep oh, up. He's too old. Yeah. Prah. Yeah. I don't know. Jason Newstead. Who knows what he's even up to anymore? He's just working on a new Echo Brain album. <laughs> yeah. Or he's pa- or he's painting. Probably. God. Whatever happened to his his band Newstead? I don't know, but that. That one album they came out with was sweet. I know. They they were in like Sioux Falls or some bullshit like that. I could have seen them. I don't know. Like years ago? Yeah, because I saw in 2013, I saw some people. I went to Orion Festival, the Metallica music festival that's now defunct. Um, but I went there and people were wearing Newstead shirts. Cool. I'm trying to open my Spotify and it won't. God, my computer sucks. All right. So apparently, Jason Newstead is with some band called the Ch- Jason Newstead and the and the Chop House Band. It doesn't look like they've been active for a couple of years, but he's playing acoustic guitar in this video. Screw you, Jason. No, I I I, I liked I like Jace Talica. I I'm pretty much sold on Rob. I like Rob too, but I don't know. Jason being in Metallica is just kind of cool, especially in. Oh, I can't is it cunning stunts where he has that fucking gross ass like mullet thing? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. Oh that, yeah. That wasn't it. No, it wasn't in live shit. Binge and purge where he had that like half shaved head and the rest was really long. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That that hairstyle was sick. Uh, true. True metal, man. Yeah. Well, isn't Megadeth supposed to be coming out with a new album soon too? You were well, talking it, about that earlier. Yeah, Dave said in his announcement that david elson is out that he's happy he, he's excited to share new music with people uh on the tour so i don't know if he's just gonna play some songs or something those guys typically belt out music pretty quickly like when i saw that dystopia had come out in 2016 i was surprised i thought it had only been a couple of years because they usually like every two years blast out an album yeah um, I, I just read here, Mustaine has reported the current provisional title um, for the next album is going to be The Sick, The Dying, and The Dead. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's, it's all going to be about COVID-19. And 
and the the pandemic. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. So David Stain's kind of fell off the deep end and like some right wing conspiracies, hasn't he? Has he? I don't, I don't know. know. I haven't really been paying attention to him. Well, I always felt like his like thirteen album was kind of like conspiratorial. Wait, 13. so it's like United Abominations. Thir- yeah, United Abominations thirteen and uh, Dystopia are all kind of that way. Yeah, I I kind of feel like I don't know if like I don't think Dave Mustaine's like a QAnon type or like a no, I don't either. I I think I would, he would be a soft Alex Jones. I was just making fun, but yeah, I mean he's got like. <laughs> He's got like his ideas and like his ideas of I think they're further right of the spectrum, but I don't yeah, think he's well he's a I don't, Christian. I don't I don't think he's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's a QAnon kind of person. He uh, but no, I consider him a prophet uh, during like uh, the nineties, like in Countdown to Extinction where uh foreclosure of a dream. That's, that was actually uh David Elfson. Did he write his dad that got fucked? Yeah, his dad got fucked by Ronald Reagan and uh they like took out a huge loan on their farm and they almost lost it. Oh man. Yeah. So I don't know if he 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 at least helped, but that's what it's about. It's about farmers in Minnesota. Yeah. Read my lips. No new taxes. Read my lips. <laughs> I remember one time I copied and pasted the entire lyrics to that song and put it on my Facebook. <laughs> 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 and i got a few likes i think my Yikes. uncle liked it and <laughs> proud moment oh man that's a sweet song that album's sweet as well i remember when i first started getting into megadeth with uh the album uh end game and i was like showing it to you one night <laughs> we were in like high school and you just looked at me like in disbelief you're like kevin are you starting to like megadeth more than metallica <laughs> And then, like, a couple years later, you're, like, all about them. <laughs> yeah, I had a really mean Megadeth streak. And you did the same thing to me. I th- maybe one time I did tell you that I thought Megadeth was better than Metallica. But it was kind of, like, kind of kind of a JK, JK moment, but not really. And then you never <laughs> let it down from there. You, you, you still sometimes will bring up the facts, like, Sam, don't you like Megadeth more than Metallica? It's not true. <laughs> If I ever say that, it's just to get back at you for that comment you made. <laughs> I think they're equally... No, Metallic is better, but I think they both have their place. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I do think... Say, uh, uh, just real quick, I was going to say, I do think Dystopia was a better album than Hardwired was, personally. Yeah, I think Dave Mustaine is more prolific as an individual than anybody in Metallica, solely sure. because he... You know, basically helped start Metallica, got kicked out, and then started another humongous band. Yep. I think he has a really unique sound, obviously, with his vocals and his guitar playing is really good too, or whatever. But I, I definitely think Dave Mustaine is probably the better musician. But uh, as a band, Metallica is better. Yes, but I do appreciate Dave Mustaine when he's up on stage, just like shredding and uh, sweating bullets. <laughs> Had to get that in there. Yeah. Yeah, Dave's just a better character, honestly. He has more personality. He's a bigger personality. I don't remember. I can't remember if he was the one who told the story at that one show he went to or if like I heard him like on a YouTube video say one, one time talking about how he wrote Holy Wars. He, 
because he said like so one time i was playing in northern ireland and they were like there were some guys in the back and they were they're selling t-shirts and i was like what the fuck what are you doing man like this is my show and like they're like oh this is this is for the cause and i was like oh interesting and so he went out on stage and he's like this next song is for the cause and the room split in the two <laughs> and that the must have night, been a video yeah, and, he, and he was like and that night is when I wrote Holy Wars. And then he just starts jamming and playing it. It's like... That's cool. Yeah, it's funny. Oh, man. I wonder if that's a true story. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, that's uh, it's been about an hour. A little over an hour. Got anything else you want to add? <laughs> no, I think we, we covered them pretty well. I think people now know that we love Megadeth and Metallica. And uh, if you're in your car uh, after listening to this podcast, or, you know, actually, if you're anywhere, put them on. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. I would say if you're a true metalhead, obviously start with like on the Metallica side, start with like Kill 'em All or Master of Puppets. If you're on the Megadeth side, you got to start with Peace Cells. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, but if you're kind of a softer, uh, not new- newbie to metal, I would probably start with the black album with Metallica um, or loader or, or loader reload and risk and countdown to extinction with Megadeth. Yeah. Yeah. Sam knows more. He likes Megadeth more than Metallica. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, but actually, <laughs> but yeah, listen to some, listen to more metal. I, I think, you know, even though we were dog shitting on all these new bands and or all the two thousands and stuff, I think metal is coming back. And Dave Mustaine has some words of wisdom that when times are hard, metal gets better. So right. right now, obviously, times are hard and and people need metal. And uh, I think there's bands out there. Like if you look at that Knotfest show in Iowa, um, there are some good bands that are playing. Let me look them up. It was one was Gate Creeper, Knocked Loose, Turnstile, all really good bands that are relatively new. There's a band from uh, called Byzantine. I think they're from Louisiana. They're a really good metal band too. Gojira, take a listen to those guys. They're not new, but you know they're a, a younger band. So I, I and Code Orange. That's another band I really like. They're from Pittsburgh. They're relatively new and they're thrash. So I, I think something's happening. There's there's yeah. good bands coming out now. I think punk music is also making like a comeback too because I hear more more of that as well. And I mean. It, if the hard times do breed that kind of music, then I definitely you're you're right. I think we'll see more more of that kind of movement. And if, when there's more punk, there's more metal to follow. So sure, for sure. But yeah, I think that'll about do it. Thanks for listening. If uh, if you please, please follow us on Twitter at explore underscore pod again at explore underscore pod. Adam's on there tweeting away, being weird, having fun. That's what we are. So take care, everybody. Don't at me.